We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my good buddy, Daniel Puzer. Dan, I'm fighting a sinus infection or something, so I sound all sorts of crazy, but how are you doing? Yeah, that sounds like fake news. You better get your shit together. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you look fine, so you're probably fine. But uh, yeah. Taking multiple COVID tests because I've been paranoid. You know, oh. I'm, I'm vaxxed and boosted and everything else. But uh, it doesn't co- matter these days, man. It doesn't matter. Negative for the Rona. Uh, but I've had these symptoms for long enough and it's all in my head. And my voice sounds like, uh, you know, deep and sultry that I went to went to the uh, the clinic and, and got some of the meds. So well, it does sound like we should put some Kenny G on or something. You can, <laughs> uh, you know, serenade us to. Hey, either either putting babies to sleep or making babies. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, no sporting KC news to talk. I mean, there was an MLS Cup that happened. I guess it was not was the Portland Timbers that won, but yeah. Did you watch any of it? Uh, you know, I got home from uh, seeing West Side Story, of course. If you all were there listening uh, last week, but no, I, I I got home and I turned it on at about the. 80th minute when the KU basketball game wrapped up. Okay. So you saw all the exciting stuff. I did see that last minute shit. I was like, there's no way. I mean, they're knocking on it. They're knocking on the door and then it happened. And I'm like, Oh no, this just got (laughs) exciting. You know? Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's, I, I I don't know who I wanted to win. Like I said, I guess I was kind of rooting for, um, NYCFC just because I didn't really want Portland to get that second star and I don't know but yeah but then just, the Man City thing you mentioned that connection you didn't right. like that either I didn't so you know I don't really it is what it is whatever I mean congrats so who cares yeah I mean good for them man I and mean, they've been you know kind of taking strides over the last few years to do something big and this was big mm-hmm. and I you know could they be contenders in the future? I mean, can they continue this success? And it's kind of, you know, hasn't it's kind of ran through the West, like as of recently, like uh, the, the Western Conference teams have been the better teams, in my opinion. I mean, is that is that fair to say? Or am I, yeah, I don't have the numbers for, in I front mean, of me? Last year, uh, Columbus won. 
and then a few years right. back Toronto. But I mean, it's mostly been Seattle in the West. Atlanta won. So I mean, really, it's been it hasn't so much been the West that's been dominant. It's been Seattle that's been dominant. Because anytime it's not been Seattle in the final, uh, really in like the last five or six years, uh, the East has won. Yeah, that's true. I guess I maybe I just think you know going into it, it just feels like the West is, is the better side. And that's not uh, really the yeah. case. Well, I think it, it seemed like top to bottom. Well, maybe not top to bottom, but like certainly by points, the, the Western conference playoff teams were better this year, you know, top four or five than the Eastern conference playoff teams. And that's why, you know, uh, Portland ended up hosting MLS cup is because right. the only team in the East that could have hosted against any of the top, I think it was top four or five, I don't remember, um, Western Conference teams this year was New England. And once New England got eliminated, then it was like, yeah, all the way the top four or five teams we're going to host in the West. Well, what a what an atmosphere, though, man. Like, it, I was just, I, I was making me something to eat. It was the 80th minute. I was just streaming it on my phone. I was like, okay, whatever, I'm in the kitchen. And when that goal happened at the end, I, uh, my wife goes, well, good Lord, should we put this on the television? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I mean, next 30 plus minutes are bound to be very exciting. So as yeah. far as MLS Cup goes, pretty exciting game. So, uh, yeah. you know, decent ratings. I do hate penalties, though. I hate that to decide a championship game. I really do. I mean, there's but no like, other option at that do? point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got there and, and you know, NYC almost had it done in regulation and then just God, gave up such a fluky goal at the end, man. Ironically, if you uh, follow those Sounders fans who wanted to, uh, I don't know, they didn't talk about MLS Cup, but in the playoffs, don't do penalties. Just let the higher-seeded team win. Portland would have just won. That's true. <laughs> and then now, they in a final, pissed. yeah, the only option, obviously, you got you go to penalties, and it sucks, yeah. and it's all about, you know, what's goalkeeper stronger. And I got to tell you, Sean Johnson is uh, stronger than, than freaking Stephen. Steve Clark. Steve Clark, yeah. Yeah. So, hey. Sean Johnson did well, uh, and congrats to New York City FC on their first Major League uh, Soccer Cup, MLS Cup, uh, before they got a stadium. Don Garber <laughs> said that he thinks uh, in the not-too-distant future they might get one, and whoever is MLS commissioner 147 years from now will be saying the exact same thing. Dude, yeah, didn't he say, like, and I hope I'm still commissioner when yeah, that happens? You won't be done. And it's like, oh, my God. We'll all be long dead. The world won't be here anymore because of, you know. <laughs> climate change but it's all good um we have a special guest tonight oh my gosh do we all the way from liverpool england it is ringo star what no that's not who it is (laughs) it's uh none other than the man himself sean goodwin is going to be joining us to break down what exactly happened this year for sporting kansas city what went wrong, what went right, and uh, what to look for this offseason. So we're excited to have our boy Sean back on the podcast. Well, it's good because, you know, I, I, I watched this uh, nine-hour Beatles documentary on Disney+, Plus, and I got some questions. <laughs> Sean, explain <laughs> to me what happened. Tell me uh, about this Beatles. Why, why did I watch this documentary of a documentary? What was I, I have watched the first 20 minutes of it, and I'm going to watch the whole thing. I did not realize that each episode is three hours long. I was Just like, the whole, the whole thing is going to be three hours long. It's going to make you eat three episodes, one hour each. No, I started playing it and I was like, this first part is three hours. It's and it's rough, cool, dude. but it's long. And you just hear the same music over and over as they're rehearsing stuff. And it's it's just listening to them have conversations, which is a documentary they filmed way back when. So it literally is a documentary of a documentary. Yeah. Which, and that's you weird know, to me. 
it's i mean it's kind of cool it's like i make i mean look it's you know when you look on disney plus they're doing this thing where every marvel show or every star wars show they come out with they're doing they release the show but then they get twice the content for it because then they're like the making of the mandalorian season one the making of the mandalorian season two the making of wandavision and it's just like well if you're a fan you're gonna watch it and it's cool because you get behind the scenes but it's like they're getting two for content because they're just filming somebody film something 100 percent. so but we'll have sean on here and uh you know maybe maybe we'll talk a little beatles but we'll mostly talk sporting kc got some big sporting kc news and, and moves that have happened that we'll break down with them and figure out what the hell is going on well sean's the guy sean is the guy who should pretty much damn near break sporting news yeah you know what mm-hmm. i mean like they they go to him first in the press conferences they they get him all the inside goodies so we're gonna we're gonna get all up in his goodies tonight see what he's got there you go all up in his goodies um <laughs> i do want to let y'all know that tonight wednesday tonight uh we haven't talked about time but what do you say uh 7 p.m we're going to be doing a uh, a talk on an app called wisdom yes and and this is uh, an app you can download i believe it's maybe just on ios right now but if you're on android check it out but if you go to the app store it's called wisdom colon life advice audio and don't worry we're not going to be giving life advice uh no, we might I mean, who knows what we might talk Don't about. Don't put me in a box. But we're gonna, it's going to be about 20 minutes, and you're going to be able to hear us talk live, and you'll be able to interact with us, talk with us, ask us questions. Um, it's the first time we've done it, so download the app. Check it out. We think you can engage with us through the app, but if not, tweet us. We'll, we'll be, we'll be, I'll be checking it while we're talking. Uh, who knows what we'll talk about. Maybe we'll talk about, you know, those of you who are fans of the podcast have heard it before, but how we became fans, how the pod came to be, and and sort of what that whole process was like. Give you a little behind the scenes look in the podcast. But well, this is fun, dude. I I'm kind of nervous about it, and uh, also kind of excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out. It's called Wisdom. Um, you can get it on the Apple App Store if you search it. Wisdom Life Advice Audio. Uh, I think live, they're on Twitter. Huh? Yeah, Seven it's live. Central Live. 7 o'clock Central PM tonight. That's They're right. on social media on Twitter at Join Wisdom. Um, you can go to wisdom.audio and that's their website. Uh, it's a We're going to talk live, man. We'll post it on our social media after. So if you can't join us live, then, then you'll be able to hear it. But try new things. We'll see how it goes. Oh, my God. No editing me out, dude. You can't. Uh, no, I, well, you can't. that's didn't think about that till just now. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep it. We'll keep it fresh, man. That's. This is cool. I don't know. They they approached us and we're like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a new platform. We're checking it out. We'll see if this is something, you know, there's Twitter spaces. We've never done that, but we're going to, we're going to try this out. Seems like it's a, a similar type of deal. So go check us out on there. We already have our account at no other pod. Give us a follow. And like we said, about 7 PM central time tonight, give or take, we'll be on there live talking stuff. So come check it out. So, Sweet. Did we set that time or did they set that time? I literally made it up as I was reading. Oh, okay. You made this. it up and decided to put it right during the Survivor finale. Right on, right on. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I didn't think about it's that. It's literally 20 whatsoever. minutes. Uh, my wife can take notes and fill me in. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, hopefully uh, you're recording it. <laughs> no. We don't, we don't have DVR, but it's not a big deal, dude. We have Paramount Plus. You watch it the next day, whatever you miss. It's what, two hour finale? Missed 20 minutes? It's all good. My bad. Well, check us out 7 p.m. tonight if you're not watching the Survivor (laughs) finale. So, um, 
we have no ratings or reviews this week, but make sure you leave uh, leave us that five star rating or review. And uh, yeah, we'll be sure to read it on here. But Dan, what do you say we uh, kick it to a break and then come back with our boy Sean Goodwin? All right. Sounds good to me. All right, folks, we'll catch you on the other side. All right, everybody, we are back with Kansas City star journalist covering sporting Kansas City. Y'all know him and you love him. It's our boy, Sean Goodwin. Sean, what is going on, my friend? Not going to lie, boys, I'm a little bit noise. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Coming in hot. It is being way too long since I've last been on over <laughs> Way too long. It has been a minute. Uh, you know, just throughout the past like year, I've been just kind of sending subtle hints. I was like, oh, you know, those shirts are nice, Jimmy. Uh, I like I like the pod, Dan. Real nice. But no, it's long. But, it's uh, been a while. Here. What even is time, though? I'm just yeah. like, didn't we just have you like two months ago? And it's like, no, it's been a long time. It has been a while. March 2019. Yeah, whenever COVID began. Was that March 2020? It was 2020. Was it 2020? Is it yeah. really that? Oh, my March God. March 2020. That's when time stopped. If you would have asked me, if you would have put like, you know, hey, then like your life depends on it. When did you have Sean Goodwin on the podcast? I would have been like, I don't know, like April this year, like four months ago. this year, right? Was it not this uh, year? I'm, uh, I'm just saying that's when time stopped. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was, I, you were about to blow my mind. I was like, my God, it's been almost two years. <laughs> no. Um, I think it was still over a year ago. Ah, well, still, that's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Cool. Well, welcome we back. to it. Thank you. Uh, well, we had to let Dan get through all nine hours of the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus before we had you back. So Dude, nine hours. You, what is that? You might be. Uh, if you've seen all of it, you're probably more knowledgeable than me at this point. <laughs> I used to see it still. I've heard exposed. It's so. it's good. It's just a lot of talking. Just <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, good thing I had the captions on because I can't understand half of it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What people don't know is I have captions on as we're speaking right now. Um, So just I I, I see your pain. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, Sean, uh, nobody knows or very few people know Sporting KC as well as you do. You are living it day after day, working for the Kansas City Star. You are always the go-to person in the press conferences. You are always person that peter gets mad at first in the press conferences with your questions so uh (laughs) let's uh let's just dig into sort of the 2021 season for sporting kc i think um way back when before the season started when when dan and i did our preview shows uh we had kind of pegged skc as like a maybe fourth or fifth place team in the west it's sort of what we thought preseason and then things kind of went a little bit better than we thought they were up for first place on decision day. And then obviously um, got eliminated in the playoffs at the hands of RSL. Uh, what just are your overall impressions of, of sporting KC's season in 2021? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I was kind of like you guys coming into the season. I remember going on a local radio show with uh, Tyler Jones, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's moved on to b- bigger and better things now, but this is back when he was in the area. And I, I remember saying I thought Sporting could be top three, top four. I remember saying I figured it would be Sporting, Seattle, Portland. And I said Minnesota, who obviously finished, what, fifth. And then I foolishly said LAFC. Uh, I got to <laughs> right. 
Uh, but I didn't have Colorado in there, who obviously Kansas snuck me at the end. But you now I, I figured I think I make a prediction that Sporting would have at least one home playoff game this season, which they did. Um, and yeah, through the course of the season, obviously, I think barring a massive collapse at the end, uh, if you pick up, if Sporting picks up, you know, an extra four points out of those final, you know, three, four, five game stretch even, they finish first, getting number one seed again. And obviously, you know, the playoffs are a whole different beast. But if you're looking at the season as a whole, it was great until about October. Yeah. Um, and then that's when things started to spiral, in my opinion. Do you think that it, there's always sort of like an August, September lull for Sporting KC? Was this something similar this year and it just came a little bit later? Or, or, or do you see key differences between years past and what happened this year? Um, there's definitely overlap. Uh, you know, I think it, it's well documented. Not just for sports, I think a lot of teams tend to have got low at some points in the season. Um, and that's obviously why you don't see teams go on and get 80, 90, 100 points every season, right? There's always stretches, streaks. Um, even if it's New England this past year, you know, there were certainly moments in the season where they were in a top tier, what we saw. Uh, so yeah, in sporting, we've seen that in the past. We've seen it with sporting in the past as well. And did it come a little bit later this season? You could argue, yes, and that, that's when he starts to kind of slide a little bit. But I, I think this season, more than most, it was stark. And it's it's what pieces got mad at me about for the past half year with rotation substitutes. And I'm going to keep harping on it because I don't think it is any coincidence. I'm sorry, it's not a coincidence that when teams should be gearing up and, you know, at their top capacity heading into the playoffs, sporting in the absolute other direction. And this is a team who made by far the least subs in the league, statistically by far the least subs in the league, um, the, the least amount of rotation in the league. And you just have to look at the plays, the plays down the stretch. I mean, I specifically remember the, uh, the loss to Austin at the end of the season. Austin scores in, what, the first minute? Um, these guys have been playing for 30 seconds and Ilya looked gassed just trying to chase the play back down the field I'm like these guys uh, their legs are gone so yeah every team does have a a stretch of a season that doesn't go great so I wouldn't deny it but sportings I think came because of the, the infamous lack of rotation that we've harped about on for God knows how many years at this point well I know my favourite thing was when uh Peter had to remind you of that there is no rule that says he has to yeah. sub. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, Alan Polito has been a big discussion um, yep. amongst fans. And this year it's just, I mean, hell, he was out like half the year, right? So, do, Sean, do you think you can, like, can you grade this signing? You know, consider his production, consider the uh, injuries. I mean, it, it, it's a trade-off, right? He, he's really good when he's there, but when yeah. he's there. So, I mean, how's it been? Um, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think you could say it was a, a straight up F, obviously not. But I think you're looking at, at the best of D plus a C minus. You know, I um back in college, I got a D plus in Italian. If that was oh, my no. major, if that was my major, I was a fails, but it wasn't my major, so I got a passing. I got the credits for it. That's what we're giving our plea, though. I wasn't pleased with my D plus. No one else can be pleased with my D plus. No one can be pleased with Alan Pleaser's D plus. It's not a straight up failure. He's when he's played, he's obviously scored goals. He's, you know, 
when healthy, when fully fit, he makes that front line look completely different. But as you said, Dan, I, I think it's pretty much close to across two seasons. He's only played about 50% of the games. Um, when you're paying the kind of money sporting play for him, uh, or sporting paid for him, that's nowhere near acceptable. And some of those minutes he did play, half the time he was recovering from injury. It was Peter throwing him 30 minutes because he hasn't played for four weeks. Um, and so, yeah, if this was a player who didn't come in with the expectation that Polizo came in with, if this is a player who sporting, you know, got via a, a small allocation money trade or, you know, even just one or two mil from abroad. Well, this is a $9 million player who, at the end of the day, was supposed to be sporting star man and hasn't been able to be a star man for so such long periods of the season for either international call of juicy, which I get isn't really his fault. That's one of the big issues with the MLS scheduling and whatnot, but that's a different topic altogether. Um, but yeah, it, it's also the injuries. And if this year felt like deja vu, I'm sure it felt like deja vu to you guys too. It's Peter saying, ah, he's, he's got a slight knock. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. And then we just show up to a press conference one day. He's like, ah, oh, yeah. He had, he had surgery to clean some stuff out of his knee. He'll be back in three to four weeks. And then it's like, three to four weeks. Oh, he's going slowly back. And it's just, it's, it's snowballs and snowballs to where we get him for you're basically near the end of the conference semifinal mm-hmm. when he hasn't barely played. And you can see that because as good as he is, the chemistry wasn't there to even help Daniel and Johnny, who didn't have the best games themselves, bear in mind. But they, they didn't look any better with him on the field for those, what, the 60 minutes he played before Shelton came in. So maybe this isn't a fair question, but, you know, how does Sporting KC fix that issue or can they fix that issue? Because this isn't a club like, you know, LAFC or Atlanta or, or whatnot where or NYCFC where they're backed by Manchester City dollars where it's like, oh, yeah, we spent nine million dollars on a player. Uh, you know, they're good. But if they don't live up to that money, we'll just go buy another one. Sporting KC don't have $9 million after $9 million to just keep writing checks. So um, what, what do they do now to try to course correct, knowing that almost certainly, unless something crazy happens, which who knows, Polito is going to be here next year, hopefully healthy, but you have to sort of consider that there's a real possibility he might only play 50 to 60% of the games. That guy's a, I think if you go off history, you know, you, you have to just assume that. I think it'd be great for, all of us, if, you know, he does come out and he's able to play 80, 85, 90% of minutes. Um, I mean, you know, I know Fontas was a slightly different situation because he had a reoccurring, the same injury with his Achilles, which is different. Um, you know, he finally got past it at the age of, what, 31, 32. And he's had one of the best seasons by a sporting case he's offended in many years, probably since Ike, honestly. Um, so you know that you can always hope that's the case, but like you said, you, you can't bank on it, right? Um, I'm sure it can cross some people's mind because we've got Gabuzio books of all the money made off Gabuzio sale, but then you also think Sporting doesn't have any left backs, and you just got rid of Billing Lindsay, so you need a right back because you've got 35 year old Zeusy and 18 year old Caden Pierre, and um, probably needing another backup centre back. Um, so at that point, all, all of your money is going on other positions. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to, at least for one more year, trust that he's going to be able to 
play, you know, at least 70, 75% of minutes. And don't get me wrong, Shelton is a... I, I've gave Shelton some slack in the past, but he shows his worth this year. He did. Um, even if Shelton's taking only 30% of the minutes and you can get 70 out of Polito, I think that's a good deal. Do you think Shelton is better as a backup striker or on the way? I prefer Shelton on the wing. I think he does better on the wing. So I was a little surprised that they went into the season with really just Wilson Harris as the only yeah. true striker behind Alan Polito. So I kept waiting for them to bring in another striker, um, especially after they got rid of Hurtado. Uh, but it just never happened. So, I mean, does Shelton stay as the number two or, or do they look to bring in more depth at striker? Well, there's, the other issue is, I mean, if they bring a more depth of striker, then yes, you can push Shelton out to cover for either Russell or Shallowy because um, at the end of the day, you know, Shelton, he's a, he's a big fellow. He can hold a play if need be. Um, but when you get him out on the wing, just barreling at guys, you know, that's where he's most effective. And then he's playing it inside for whoever it's, whoever's coming off the other wing or the, the centre forward. Um but yeah, I, I really thought uh, Wilson Harris, especially off his coming off his USL, you know, season, season and a half, where he was scoring all sorts of goals at his young age. I thought Wilson Harris would get more minutes this year. Um, especially surprised his option wasn't picked up, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came as a big surprise to me. Um so yeah, I mean I, I guess points, I guess it just depends on what sporting can find in the market and you know, Vermees says that they always have a couple of couple of players that are focused on. So they're not starting from scratch straight away if their transfer falls through. You know, they could start focusing on a a winger. Um to, to be to be a backup even. That could fall through and then they start focusing on a, a centre forwards, which could push Shelton out to the left or right. Um, but right now, as we know with this club. Outside of me saying, yes, we need a left-back, which is kind of obvious, uh, they get very tight-lipped until the final minutes on what they're even looking for, to be honest. Now, you dropped the uh, you dropped a little Busio reference in there. We all know how that went down. Overall, good decision. It's what the player wanted. They yep. got good money for him and incentives and all that. But, uh, Sean, does the season go differently? If he's with this team, I mean, does he make that much more of an impact if he's still with us right now? Yeah, um, I, I've always said, unless you're talking about uh, Messi, Ronaldo, Salah type figure, that's a throwing Liverpool player, of course. <laughs> Where's um, the Everton reference? I guess if you want me to throw Richarlison in. Okay. <laughs> Thank so, you for the, the little scraps. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, unless you're talking about that kind of player, I don't. I don't think a player can make that big of a difference to a team because, outside of hockey, I guess. Well, I don't want to say baseball. Maybe soccer is probably one of the biggest team sports. Right? It's you need the whole team to perform, and one guy can seriously produce moments of magic. He can have Buzio scoring a free kick he scored, or you know. I mean, playing some absolutely gorgeous passes from the six and just playing wherever he was needing to play. Uh, but when you look at the table, four points from Colorado and what happened in the playoffs, I don't know if it makes that big of a difference just because he's a 18-year-old kid at the time, right? Saying, uh, 
in an 11-man team. So I think it's unfair to pin it down on that. Obviously, his presence is missed. There was a definitely a, a drop in creativity from, from the midfield. But up until Daniel's injury, he was killing it. And then when Daniel got injured, Johnny was killing it. It wasn't like the team was missing goals. He was still getting goals. It, it, it was just a slight lack, a slight drop in creativity, but I didn't think that was a big problem, to be honest. And like like you said, Dan, it was good for Buzio. He, he couldn't keep him right. He's a young kid of a dream to play in Europe, and a team came calling that he could talk for. A team where you can play 90 minutes versus Juventus this past weekend. They look excellent, may I add. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I think it was good to just good decision all around. It was tough for Sporting, but I don't mm-hmm. think it was a, a killer in the middle of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, Luzio's doing great at Venezia. Um, you know, he's getting minutes. The, the money that Sporting got, I mean, for him, you, you can't turn it down. So, definitely bittersweet. But, you know, it, it, from a business decision, good move. Um, you, you mentioned Sporting KC being so um, – far below the league average or, or I think even said dead last in terms of number of subs uh, used um, you know many people including Dan and I, I think thought that this was arguably SKC's most talented roster ever um, at, at one point yet as we've noted many times and you've mentioned to Peter there was a hesitancy to turn to the bench um, especially at points of need uh, was this just team not as deep as maybe we thought was it too reliant on young players and then Peter realized through the course of the season I don't think these guys can contribute now at the level I thought them they could and if so is that just a fault in the roster construction I do think you have to also be at least give a little bit of not credit but at least just throw the bone of that trailing Lindsay gets injured in what mid-August so you're missing sure the player there Buzio gets sold. Um, uh, you know, everything with Felipe Hernandez, you know, obviously that was a tough, tough, um, tough thing to go through for him. Uh, but on, on the flip side, you know, Luis Martins, I mean, bless him, he was an eyeing man this year, but I liked Amazu Dia. I don't know what was going on with that situation between him and Peter, whether he just didn't think he was good enough, whether he didn't fit in. Because he Amadou Dia finished last year, like what mm-hmm. 20, 20 season as Castata. Yeah, and he's non-existing this year. Um, you know, Zussi was running to the ground at least second half of the season, of course. But I was surprised not to see more of, like I said, whether it was Wilson Harris, Cam Duke somehow just fell off the face of the year for the last, what, 30% of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised we didn't see him more. So, you know, it, it was a deep team that suffered from some unfortunate injuries and circumstances, but so does every team. And, you know, as with you guys, probably since, man, if not 2018, and obviously, you know, the, the whole 2012, 13, 14 region of this being an incredibly talented team, that brought some good players like Jose Mori mid-season and Remy Voltaire, you know, ahead of the season and whatnot. And getting Fontas back was huge. But, now, now we're here at the end of the season, and you're kind of looking at what we really had in that starting eleven and who's behind them. Then you start to think, oh well, you know, it's was it as deep as we thought. I mean, I'd like so I'm thinking of centre back position now. I mean, 
you've got Izzy McMurray, Fontas, and behind those guys, Carve Rad, Graham Smith. Am I missing someone? Kunchech, who just Kunchech, disappeared. Who disappears off face of the earth. I think Ilya, who actually dropped back, who is now also left the team. So again, there's no depth there. Um, Luis Marsings and Amazu Deer on the left. I I think I was very vocally not the biggest Luis Marsings fan as a player. Great guy, but um, figure system, not great. Um, I thought the midfield was fine. I do think Sporting does have a strong midfield regardless. And then the front line, I mean, essentially, if you take Wilson Harris out of it, you've got Shallowy, Russell, Polito, who doesn't have half his right leg or something. <laughs> and then Shelton. And that's it. And it's four guys. So yeah. then you do question, yeah, it's on paper, the team looks nice, but it, it wasn't delved into in some regions just because the depth wasn't there. And sometimes something like the midfield is, uh, I, you know, Grayson Barber, surprised we didn't see more of him. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Duke, uh, there were some decisions where I thought players didn't get enough playing time as they should have, which is an issue though. Well, the turnover this year somehow feels, it feels more than previous years. It feels uh, heavier. And it's not like, it's not like KU basketball or Kentucky basketball where the coach just reloads with a new starting five every year. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. you got to bring new guys in that fit the system. Um, so out of all these guys that we let go, whether we let them walk or decline contract options or what have you, is, is there one spot on the field that's maybe the hardest to replace or maybe that's the most important that needs to be replaced? Um, I, I mean, you have to now look at the depth of number six, especially with Ilya leaving. Ilya leaving. Uh, you know, Voltaire is definitely a lot more attack-minded, so you know, you're going to have Jose Mori come in and Look at where points in the season where he looked really good and sometimes where, you know, sometimes he's like, look a little bit lost. I think as he, you know, he practices more of the team, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. But it goes back to the conversation we just had about the depth. Um, you can have a really nice starting 11, but who's behind them? Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think with Ilya leaving, who's going to be behind? And Buzio gone, of course. That's two of your six has gone right there in the season. Who's going to be behind um, Jose Mori in a sixth position? I mean, can you guys ask that question right now? I mean, it's, I guess, yeah. Felipe. It, it will, it, if Felipe is back, he could, but he's more of an eight. Um, yeah. You could put Voltaire there, but then if, assuming Felipe is not back, that means you're relying on Roger probably to be a starter at the number eight, which it sounds like Peter doesn't want to do. So, you start getting into, like you said, a little bit of a depth issue where you're moving the pieces around and, and there's really no natural six and the only other six takes away from probably your starting eight. So, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And, and I think if we're, if we're talking about the most important position of a team, at least in modern football, I'd say the last decades maybe, I, I, I really think it's six. I think a, a really good number six can make or break a team. Um, you know, you, you've seen it around the world, around the league. Um, and I think we saw it at least, you know, the first couple of years of Ilya, you know, that 2018 season, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. And even, you know, these last couple of years. So that's, that's going to be a tough replacement for sure. Um, and then, you know, whoever comes in at left back, it's, it's going to have to be someone who can, I mean, I'll the very last press conference, Peter said it himself. I think he was answering a question from Ali Trost of, you know, what's the ideal left back for you? And, 
sort of a, a level-lunged player who can defend well but attack and cross well. Um, there's that's that's tough to find, you know, to to run as much as players do and to press as much as players do, which in pieces system is one of the most in the league. Um, if you don't get the right player, that can become a weak point in a team, which I think we saw with Luis Martins over the last. Two, I'm sorry, two years. Yeah, yeah. And then on on the right side of the field, you we just traded away Jalen Lindsay to Charlotte for you know a, a pretty decent amount of money. Um, they can acquire uh, an additional 225 if if certain performance incentives are met. I think you might have been the one who said those are should be pretty attainable. So yeah, I was told 100k um, just straight up general allocation money got smack bang on the table. Um, 225k and easily obtainable gotcha. or easily attainable allocation money so i wasn't giving specifics but from the sound of it it's going to be you know appearance bonuses or you know whether he's called up to the u.s national team those are those, are those kind of things mm-hmm. like you sure. get trucks and, and a sell-on fee too right and the big one is also yeah the 15 percent sell-on fee uh which you know if, if Lindsay he's a skilly young kid he's only 21 mm-hmm. um he i think before long he will be knocking on the door for the u.s national team he's Obviously, got youth national team appearances, and as US players are becoming a little bit more, you know, flung wide across the world. Uh, who knows if Lindsay could join that crew and sports an next nice little fifteen percent bonus out of it? So, do you think that Sporting has someone in mind at right back, or was this just a case of Charlotte found a guy who is from North Carolina, I believe, originally, even though he's a homegrown player? Um, wanted to bring him in and sporting is too good of a deal to pass out. Um, I think it was just, I mean, Jalen is from Charlotte, saying so it's his hometown. And yeah, part, part of it, I was looking at, you know, we've got the expansion draft coming up and mm-hmm. any, anytime you see any of these kind of deals, it's kind of like, ah, well, it's under the table of immunity from the expansion because, you know, I was like, maybe sporting was scared it couldn't protect all the players, but uh, a big part of the expansion draft is, you know, your homegrowns are already protected and you get so many spots to protect players. And the list came out today as we're chatting and Sporting's protected everyone who it needs to protect. The only right. players not protected are those with declined option. So, you know, it's at this point, I think it's partly just, you know, I was surprised that I thought he was the heir apparent for Zussi at right back. Maybe it was a case of a 21-year-old kid, it's the chance to play through his hometown team, which I'm sure, you know, anyone would jump at, right? It's, it's the inaugural season for your own city. Um, but Liverpool has asked me to play for them. Uh, I, I won't get a touch on the ball. I would look like the biggest idiot, but if I get to play one game for them, so I get it. Jalen can actually play well in Charlotte. Um so I think I just might be bothering sports and could get a nice little deep, little bit of business out of it. Uh, but now the question is, is Vermeese trusting in Caden Pierre that much for a player who made an appearance in a 6-1 defeat to Leon, which I'm not saying is his fault, of course. That was a, can, I, can I swear on here? Can I say one swear word? Let's go for it. It was a shit show. <laughs> That's a... I think I was very vocally aiming how that tournament was treated. <laughs> Um, but no, so a guy's not against Kays and Pierre, but again, you've got a, a Zussi who 
Ramis says himself he doesn't expect Zussi to play as many minutes as he did this year. Um, obviously, he had to. So now you're going to either find a backup, a replacement for being departing Lindsay, or ask Caden Pierre, who's 18 and barely played, to play just as many minutes as Lindsay has had, if not more, uh, this coming season, which I think would be a bit of a um, pretty large jump, if I say so, so myself. So, yeah, so. I, I think I, I think that's going to be a backup coming in, surely. If not a backup, a, a starter who's Zussi and backs up. But I think Zussi just has a great season as well, so I won't discount him keeping a starting position. Yeah, Zussi just he just takes care of himself. Like he eats all the right things, he does all the right recovery for his body. I mean, he everyone counts him out, and then he's like, oh, "I'm still here." <laughs> I, 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 all I'm saying is, if you took off Zussi's shirt, it could be a panel on his chest, and you open up the panel, and he's a cyborg. He just gets a little bit of oil before the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, off he goes. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, so. this is the time of year where uh, a lot of the dum-dums come out of the woodwork and question Peter Vermees in general and think like, yep. oh, we didn't win MLS Cup, so hashtag fire Vermees, can Vermees. And it's like, can we just all calm down or or are those fair questions? I mean, what, what's, what say you? What say I? Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's like maybe like 10% of the fairness. I think at the end of the day, you know, when you look at the fact Sporting hasn't won more than one playoff game in a season since they won the MLS Cup, you know, of course, that's an issue. You, you want to get to the postseason and win games. On the flip side of things, you know, you've only missed the playoffs once. Um, you've consistently been in the hunt for the number one seed, if not getting a number one seed. And, you know, I, I asked this question to my Twitter followers. It was right after... This of late game when all of this was obviously at its, its highest point of fire and me saying this whole you know argument going on. And it's like, would you rather have in things like nine good seasons out of ten and you've won an MLS Cup within that? Would you rather have that? Or would you rather have, let's say, five good seasons, five bad seasons, but two MLS Cups? And of course, you, you can sprinkle in some US Open Cups in there as well which Sporting's won. Um, but I think if fans look at what happened in 2013, I mean, even as, you know, on the reporting side of things, that sucked. And, you know, we saw what happened in the stadium. It, it went from well, the longest sellout streaking MLS, what, 100-plus games, to by the end of the season, the stadium was half full because Sporting was in 10th. Um, in 2018? So it's like, yeah. Or 2019, whatever it was. 2019. Yeah. 2018 was Grace. 2018 was when they finished first and then lost to Portland in the Western Conference final, I think, right? And then 2019, yes. yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So would you rather a couple more seasons like 2019, which is what you can risk in firing Vermees? Because at the end of the day, you may want more MLS Cups, but the guy brings you consistency. Um. And I think it's unrealistic, especially in a league like MLS, to have a true dynasty. You know, it's no team. It, it's not like Europe with a, a PSG or a Bayern Munich or a Manchester City or whoever, where they can just go out and win a season, win a competition season after season. That's not going to happen in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, but all you can ask for is a a, a solid season um, that gives your team a chance to win. 
uh, and then you get to go postseason. You hope for the best. And yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes get a chance to win as as a four seed, as we've just seen with New York and Portland. It could be a seven seed, like Salt Lake making it to the somehow making it to the conference final, or it could be as a one seed and going all the way. Um, you know, it, it, but as long as you're making the playoffs and being competitive, I don't think there's too much room. The whole firing conversation. Again, we've sat here for the last half an hour complaining about <laughs> rotation and you know, and that's all fair because you know you want your team to be doing better. But when you take the whole giant picture, we can nitpick, but they've made the playoffs nine of the last ten seasons. Won MLS Cup and won three US Cups to boost um, right. with Peter Vermees. Um, and I mean, if, if, you, if you want to get rid of a guy and take your chances on someone else, then go play football manager and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but, well, that's that's always the hard part, too. Is if you get rid of them, then you got to replace them with somebody. And and who, who are you going to yeah. get that we've seen? How many international coaches have we seen with, with success at, at the uh, international level or a European level or, um, in, in you know premier South American leagues come in and the coach is still running the league in MLS in large part is Bruce arena. Who's been around forever. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. Tata came in, but that was sort of a, a mix of things that went his way for the first few seasons. And then even then that started, he yeah. left sort of probably seeing the writing on the wall of what was coming with Atlanta. So it's MLS is a weird league. It's not, it's not easy to find a coach who knows the league and understands the league um, and and can bring you continued success, but like you said, that's not to say you can't have questions. It's yeah, just yeah. you know the firing have have. is is yeah. Yeah, so. I think you have to have questions. I mean, we, we can't all sit here and follow blindly. Sure. Um, Even if Peter I, wants us to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wants us to. But we won't. Don't worry. Um, you know, you, you can watch what happens in that Salt Lake game and. Sick of his things and be pissed off of why decisions were made, and that's perfectly fine. But end of the day, sporting where you know a box goes to extra time for a place to host the Western Conference final, you know, mm. it, it, it was that close. And if there was one minute less of stoppage time, if Zussi has a little bit more legs, which against ifs and books and why decisions were made, but sporting were right there. It didn't go their way. You can be pissed off. You can ask questions. But at the end of the day, this has been one, it's been a model of consistency in this league. And um, whether fans like it or not, it's it's all piece of a mess because don't forget he's not just a head coach, he's a technical director too. Right. Like a guy does it all. It's you know, you you can give as much credit as you want and all the credit to guys like Jake Reed and you know, the whole ownership group and whatnot, but it could people on the field doing it every day a piece of the Mises like the head of it all um, to to throw away this consistency just because you for maybe one more cup and then going down the drain and um, just being a mediocre team I, I don't really think that's that shouldn't be a, a road that is ventured anytime soon at least absolutely well, we uh, we've taken up a lot of your time. Let's let's maybe do one more here with you before we let you go. Um, th- again, this maybe not a fair question because we have a whole off season ahead of us, and, and we don't yet know what the roster will look like next year because it'll be s- so different. But 
what should expectations be for sporting KC next year? I mean, fans always want championships and, and, and cups, but there's going to be the U S open cup coming back next year. There's the leagues cup that's expanded. There's all sorts of stuff that the shifted schedule, because they're trying to get ready for the world cup in the winter. Yeah. So what should the expectations be for sporting KC fans in 2022? The exact same as what they just were. Again, there's, there's going to be changes to the team, and it's a tough question to answer based on what we know right now. You know, we, we could enter the season with a, uh, I don't know, a converted left-back Zussi. I don't know. I, I sure hope <laughs> oh, you <don't>. God. <laughs> um, John Polskan playing a left-back, maybe. I don't know. But, by a serious note, I mean, the, the exact same that we just saw, but with improved results when it gets down to business. Uh, fighting for the one seas all season, uh, it's clearly a team capable of doing that. And it's a team that's done it the last you know 2018, 2020, 2021, three of the last four seasons, they've been right in there, if not being a one seed. Um, and you, you're keeping you know, you're losing some guys, but you're still keeping your core of Russell, Mealy of the back, a revitalized, fantastic Izzy McMurray, who's looked excellent when he's got time to play. When he's been fit, obviously. Um, so yeah, now it's, it's for, for a short answer because I know I can just keep talking and talking. <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gotta be yeah, just what we saw this past season across the whole year, which is fighting for the one seed, gets the playoffs, and try and post and win an MLS Cup final. Uh, it's always tough to say the expectation should be a championship, but one you know different teams can have different expectations. Inter. Miami might just want to finish in the playoffs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or get to go for who they are, the consistency. You you like, oh, yeah, like, the conference semi-final will be fine. Like it's you know, the best because they're capable of the best. Yeah. So makes sense. Thing. Dan, you got any other questions for our good buddy here? We've kept him for a while, but... No, that's good, man. We uh, did the whole damn episode with, with Sean here. So. <laughs> Sean, well, we always love having you on. Where can people find you online or or wherever? How can they how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, best place to be would be uh, on Twitter, Sean Goodwin KC. And my DMs are open, so... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I know, so... Just don't send me nudes and I'll be fine. <laughs> so what you broke I'll up there. Girlfriend. So he said, send him nudes. I think is what <laughs> he said. No. Got out. <laughs> um, yeah. Sean. I of course. Yeah. Sorry. I am of course KansasCity.com for of course sports and KC and the KC Current. We have the NWSL draft coming up as well. So that's true. I'll be all over that. So, we didn't yeah. even get into uh, NWSL. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening there with Sam Mewis and the stadium and whatnot we've talked about it before but um sean we always love having you um we'll have to have you back again at some point in the not too distant future it will not be a year before we do it again <laughs> yes um we'll have you back and and we'll we'll see what's uh what's happening and what to expect in 2022 maybe once we have a little bit better understanding of what this roster is all right well i look forward to that and i appreciate both you guys finally got me back on here so thank you guys of course Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Sean Goodwin of the Kansas City Star. There he 
is. You know him. You love him. He's a long-time listener. Second-time caller. Uh, Second-time caller, you know. He's uh, pretty knowledgeable about this sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, also, when you're from England, isn't that like a prerequisite to be born? You're, you're <laughs> automatically more knowledgeable. Yeah, you're like handed a soccer ball when you come out, and you're like, hey, here, go kick this around, baby yep. Sean. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I it's, love it. It's, it's always good talking to him. I mean, he, he has such an interesting perspective because, you know, he's a journalist by profession. We're, right. we're, we're like fake journalists because we just do this because we like the club and, and we're fun. We're, we're not like, I'm not getting paid <laughs> to do this. So I'm always scared to really upset or ask, like if, if I sense Peter doesn't want me to ask something, I'm more likely to not ask it. Cause like, I don't want to damage my relationship with the club. I like this club. I'm a fan. Like I want to get good info, but I don't, Sean's like, let's talk subs again, Peter. And Peter's like shooting them like death stares. And he's like, we're going to keep doing this dance his job to do the dance and yeah. i think you're just i think you're kind of scared to like well, i'm not getting paid to get chewed out like right you know that's the i'm just happy stuff to be here would do yeah that just thanks for having me here and please don't kick me out for asking the wrong thing right so i mean that's that kind of sucks i mean he's not he's not nick saban or anything all right he's not gonna make you feel like a complete idiot no i i don't actually i'm not actually really worried about that but i also like you know, I, I do this for fun and, and I do this because right. I like the club and, and I don't want my relationship with the head coach of my favorite team to get soured because I'm like, I'm trying to ask these really poking and prodding questions, sure. especially when Sean will do it for me. Well, yeah. And then, <laughs> and how are we ever going to get Peter on the podcast? Right. If he doesn't like you. Exactly. Sounds like a one-on-one -on -one with me and right. him. Yeah. That uh, Jimmy guy can't come sitting down <laughs> so man uh, i tell you do you think how do you think peter would respond if i said what do you think of all this uh fire for me's nonsense and man. he'd probably be like i don't know what that is <laughs> it's not my job to pay attention to social media i'm just here to build a team win championships like, stop do you not have a twitter burner account at he all absolutely peter? does it, has it to. is at not peter Vermees. Yeah, it's at Vitor 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 Permis. Vitor you know, Permis. It's, it's very easy. P PDV. It's it's he's out there. Uh well, Sean, always always glad to have you on. We'll have you on again. We'll 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 have you on. It'll be yeah, man. We'll hit you up in twenty twenty three or something. <laughs> uh, let's get to a couple of questions here real quick before we sign off. Um, let's see here. Carson Wood says over under SKC signs four new players this off season um over it's got to be way over i would i mean I would, you know, way over but i mean it feels like it's it's i mean given all the people we just got rid of yeah here here's a here's a more interesting question on top of that question uh you know what's the over under that those are internal trades or tam signings within the league mm. or outside of the u.s signings yeah that's a good question i i like i i would venture to guess that the house money would go on non-league signings just because mls is so weird that like moves within the league are relatively rare not unheard of but it's more likely that you'll go have found someone with your scouting network and bring them in but right it's possible sure. who knows we just traded Jalen Lindsay within the league and none of us saw that coming that's a weird yeah weird thing and i you know makes sense though 
Let's see. Finn Wilson, speaking of Jalen Lindsay, says, why would we ever sell Lindsay? He was the natural heir to Zussi at right back, and he was probably going to start the majority of games this year. Or if not this year, the next year. I'm dumbfounded by this whole thing. Um, Sean talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit. It feels like this was just a case of, oh, you're going to give us that much money for this guy coming off a big injury who's unproven and we get a sell-on fee? Like, just can't pass See? it up. I want the I want the dirt, man. I want the nitty gritty. I want to hear about the behind the scenes stuff because I'm like, I imagine that they're pretty good to their players and the, the deal comes in and I want to hope that Peter also went to Jalen and was like, hey, there's a deal on the table. Yeah. We don't want to accept it unless you're unless you want to. We do know you're from there. Could be a nice little homecoming for you. And we're getting a nice little return on that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, know. I. I think Peter, he always talks about wanting to not just do the right thing for the team, but the right thing for the player and vice yeah. versa. So I'm sure he had conversations with Jalen. I don't know what Jalen's family situation is. Maybe his, you know, he's from that uh, Charlotte area. If his immediate family is still there, he might be like, yeah, are. give me a chance to go play in my hometown. I mean, who who wouldn't want, Sean said this, who wouldn't want that opportunity to, to play for your hometown club and, and maybe try to build something special there? Sure, but I mean, these expansion teams uh, don't always do anything. I mean, uh, Matt Beasler, Austin FC, you know sure. what I mean? Well, yeah, but Austin's not his hometown. That was, he was more, right. I don't want to say he was forced out, but it was clear that he wasn't going to be the starter. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, he was kind of forced out. <laughs> it's... And, and maybe, maybe Jalen's looking at Zeus and being like, God damn, like I have to fight with that guy? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Zeusy's, I don't even want to know what the body fat percentage is on that man. Like, it's he negative. takes care of himself. It's negative. It's negative. He's just an exoskeleton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see here. One more question. Connor Bateman uh, says, based on how our roster looks, there will be quite a few new faces next season. What do you think about bringing Jerso back if it could be for a free transfer? Not sure his contract status, but it would be nice to have that threat off the bench. How dare you? How dare you even put that thought in my head because I miss that man. Yeah. I mean, God dang, if I could catch him, I'd give him a big old hug. Oh, he's so fast. I tried oh. to find out his contract status. Transfer market does not have it. He only joined uh, JG United in, in February this year. So I doubt that. Um, well, I don't know. Who knows? He could be out of a contract, but it's um, I would guess that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Probably moved on there. It's, It'll be interesting, man. Then you see someone like Teal Bunbury moving from New England to Nashville. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's that's an old old guy that was good on our team once upon yeah. a time. Yeah. But it's, uh, gosh, we're going to see some signings. And it never happens, like, before Christmas. We all know this. Everything kind of shuts down around Christmas. Right. But, dude, I think New Year, it's we're going to see some shit. Yeah. I think we will, too. I think there are, you know, I, I wouldn't you like expect. how Sean cursed, by the way? <laughs> Sean like, goes shit and it's like Sean do better man come hard or I don't like come at asked. all <laughs> it was very nice of him to ask you go hard to the hoop man um yeah I don't and Jerso's also 30 so he, you know that's not old but all when you're when speed is your game you, you don't want to be bringing back necessarily 30ty year olds especially who he was real fast but left well, a lot to be desired well I mean, you, yeah, I don't know. You and I exact, aren't exactly barn burners. Hey, I ran a marathon this year and true. hated every minute of it. That's true. But <laughs> uh, Jason left a lot to be desired in the final third too. So I think they could find someone else for, a, you know, comparable salary. Yeah. So 
Well, thank you all so much for the questions. Thank you to Sean Goodwin at Sean Goodwin KC on Twitter for joining us. Uh, I think that's about all we got for this week. You got anything else for our good, uh, good listeners? Uh, hope you're tuning in tonight on the old wisdom app. Yeah. Maybe we'll give you a, you know, we'll give you, I don't know, give you some goods, give you some, <laughs> I don't know. What, what are we going to talk about? It's going to we'll, be, we'll, gonna be we'll talk sporting just... KC, but maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more of, of, of off season moves, but I, I think it'd be cool if we, some of our listeners have probably heard it, but, but just t- talk a little bit more about sort of like maybe behind the scenes of the podcast, how it came to be, yeah. sort of how we do it. You know, now we um, can see who's with us and they can ask questions and shit. I think so. Okay, I guess it's all going to we'll be new see. for all of us. I hope you guys show up. Like we'll that sounds super crazy. There'll be kind of like a, a sneak behind the curtain, a sneak, yeah. a peek behind the curtain of uh, no Are we on pod. video. Uh, it's no video. No video, just voices. I believe it's just voices. Gotcha. So, so you, you got to rest up. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thanks to Sean again for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Uh, check out our merch store, bit.ly.com slash NoOtherPod. Uh, probably too late to get stuff by Christmas now, but if you need a New Year's gift, or I believe there's still sales going on all the time, so go check it out. Get your, your no Other Pod merch on sale or check out hellotushy.com slash no other for 10% off your hellotushy today. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Thank you, Sean Goodwin. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.